0: welcome to the matt morgan coaching podcast the fact that you're listening means you're ready to be inspired and empowered to take your life love and leadership to the next level Hello my friends, it's Matt Morgan. Welcome back to the podcast and today we dive deep into each number of the Enneagram. In particular, the focus of today is going to be on the Enneagram 8 and my special guest I have with me today is my wife Sarah Morgan who is a total eight. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, you know, if you guys did not get the introduction yet and you're just leaning into an eight, I want to invite you to start there. Go to last week's podcast because that's a great framework around understanding the Enneagram. And if you haven't taken the test, I want to invite you to do that. It's free. You can go to Google, just type in Enneagram free quiz. You can get your number along with your wing. And today is going to be a ton of fun. And so if you remember from last week, we talked about how though there are nine total numbers of the Enneagram, there are triads, if you will, three triads. And the eight, the nine, and the one all share a triad instinctively at a gut level. It's the anger or gut triad. And what that means is that when an eight gets angry, they externalize anger. And when a nine gets angry, they try to forget it. And we're going to talk more about that next week and then when a one gets angry, they internalize it and it's almost like they just fester inside. And so Sarah, you're an eight, right? So that's called the challenger and just being married to you for now almost 13 years. (laughs) That is so you. And so eights are known for being commanding. They're intense. They're confrontational. And they say that they have a core motivation of a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak and vulnerable. So let's just start there. Look, would you say that's your core motivation?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when I tested as an eight, I completely identified with it. You know, the side of being self-confident and strong and assertive. A funny thing that I think about this on a negative side is it makes a lot of sense too why I have kind of developed a fear of flying because I'm not in control. Like if I was flying the plane, I think I would be a lot more at peace than sitting as a passenger.
0: Well, here's some tendencies or behaviors around an eight. And maybe for you, you're listening right now and you're wondering, am I an eight or is my loved one an eight or my friend an eight? And remember, tendencies or behaviors are one element, but we can all have tendencies and behaviors. So that's not necessarily litmus test of an eight. The litmus test of understanding your eightness or any type, if you remember, it's your motivation. And remember, the reason why the Enneagram is so powerful, friends, is not only does it help you understand a personality type, but really it helps you understand, okay, why do I do what I do? And that's the most intriguing thing we can ask. And then what are my wounds? And so the purpose, remember, as we go through this is not to just be able to have some great information and pick a number. It's for the purpose of awareness. Self-awareness is one of the biggest game changers you can have. And it will impact the type of job you're in, the type of relationship you're in, how you interact with other relationships. And so it's actually for the purpose of life change. That's why we're doing this series on the Enneagram because it's so powerful. And I'm going to read off 20 different tendencies. And this comes from the book, The Road Back to You. Sarah, I would just want to ask you, like, as you listen, to these think about these and tell me about what percentage of these impacts you personally okay number one where as most people hate conflict eights say bring it (laughs) Most, (laughs) most everybody hates conflict eights are like hey i love it let's bring it on eights are blunt and aggressive they don't do things halfway in relationships that matter they think honesty is crucial Eights have a hard time trusting people. Justice is worth fighting for. If something's right or something's wrong, they will fight fiercely for that. Eights can sniff out other people's weakness the first time they meet them. Eights say no is not a problem whatsoever, meaning eights can actually put up boundaries. They'll say no. Like some numbers are like, oh my gosh, I hate saying no to people. It's really hard for me. You know, I say yes too much. Eights are like, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Eights make decisions fast and from the gut. They don't like it when people beat around the bush. They want to say shoot straight. Eights are leery of people who are super nice. (laughs) Almost like there's this element of like, are you being real and authentic? 8s say, you know, when I walk into a room, I know immediately who has the most power. 8s say, I don't have much respect for people who don't stand up for themselves. And a good offense is better than a good defense. Eight say, don't mess with the people I love because they're fierce about them. And they say, I know I'm respected, but sometimes I also want to be loved because under my tough, sometimes intimidating exterior is a tender, loving heart. And then lastly, I have no problem confronting a bully. So as I list those out, Sarah, what percentage-wise would actually impact you? And maybe more specifically, if there's any of them that jumped off of that for you, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are.
1: Yeah, so I would say, honestly, almost all of those I can relate to. Not that I love conflict, but I'm willing to address conflict and that's something that I was also taught and modeled throughout my childhood so I think some of that was developed some of that was naturally in me I played women's hockey which it was like just coming out so the aggressiveness and like having fun doing that totally makes sense definitely harder for me to trust people I think and a lot of those things are absolutely true when you say like that saying no is not a problem. I remember one of the things when I was thinking about being an eight like from my childhood is that was a really impactful and kind of not kind of it was a traumatic moment for me was when my third grade teacher approached my parents and said you know Sarah's having a really hard time. I was really young. I have a summer birthday so I was like the youngest kid in the class and you know she's like I really think it's going to be good for you to hold her back and let her like kind of catch up. My parents came to me which was was a great parenting move and asked me like, Hey, Sarah, you know, your teacher's thinking this, do you want to do another year in third grade? And I remember it was like, no. And I felt like my teacher was saying no to me, like, no, you aren't competent enough or no, you're not good enough to go to fourth grade. And that set so deeply in me. Literally all the way through high school, I felt like I was doing this. I'll show you. You tell me no. Like I'm not smart enough, and I'll show you what I'm really made of. In a way that, like, now identify. Like that was totally my eight coming out.
0: Hmm. You talk about childhood there and do you think that's something that's like you're born with or do you think it's something that is nurtured in you or a combination thereof?
1: I think it's a combination, you know, like looking at the Enneagram and these different numbers. My dad is an eight, you know, throughout my childhood, it was a very unhealthy eight and that's just stuff he had all the way from his childhood with his father. So there are good things about how my dad taught me how to be an eight and then there are things that were from wounds, right? I became more of an aid, I think, to defend myself. And I stood up to my dad. You know, there's some of that. But then I remember things like, you know, I'd be like, oh, dad, let's order pizza for the whole family on a Friday night. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. You get the phone book out. Yes, it was a time when we had to phone books. <laughs> and so you look it up, you get on the cordless phone and dial Domino's or whatever it is, and you put the order in and we'll go pick it up together. And I was like eight. I wasn't <laughs> that old. And I'm like... You know, sweaty palms and like so scared to do it. But my dad did a lot of things that also encouraged me and shaped me positively. Like another one was I started figure skating. I had a passion for skating. My dad would play hockey. And in Minnesota, where I grew up, I would be on the figure skating rink. And I'm like, okay, I am going to teach myself how to do a hockey stop, which is like you skate super fast and you swing your body to the side and (laughs) hopefully you stop. So the way I did it was like, I can do this, Sarah. And I just, went for it, and you know I'd turn myself right before I'd like nail a huge snowbank, you know, and like I just gunned it, went for it, like I challenged myself. I knew I could do it, and I learned it really fast, you know, so there was wound sides of that of like protecting myself. and then there is also, beautiful sides of that that I think I had that also my childhood fostered in a positive way.
0: Yeah. You know, it's cool that you talk about the healthy side and the unhealthy side, which I think is so great, right? There's a spectrum of healthy, average, and unhealthy. And I would say you're a very healthy eight. And a lot of people actually that I've talked to find a hard time finding healthy eights. You know, they think, oh, eight, like I don't want to be around you. They think of Joseph Stalin or Hitler or something. Well, they were probably eights. And so is Martin Luther King Jr. And, and
1: Winston Churchill. yeah Um, you know some of the most inspirational leaders that actually changed our world who are willing to stand up to injustice or bullies like maybe they were global bullies here's what i'd say about an eight knowing myself because i can identify eights well and see if they're healthy or not And an unhealthy eight is insecure deep inside about themselves, and they project their strength to hide their vulnerabilities. They look really rough and tough on the outside, but really they have amazing tender hearts that they're really afraid to expose to the world because maybe they've been crushed in the past. And what's beautiful about becoming a healthy eight is you can be powerful and assertive and self-confident, but also respectful. And value other people, you know, not in a way where you're actually the bully, right? I think a lot of people see an unhealthy eight and they're like, oh, they're the bullies. They're the people like just mow everybody else down.
0: Mm. You talked about this traumatic experience in third grade of your teacher telling you to be held back. And you talk about how eights want to protect themselves from vulnerability almost as a sign of weakness, when we know in great relationships it's actually a sign of strength. What is an eight or what are you specifically trying to protect yourself from?
1: You know, I think I'm protecting myself from being shown that I'm not good enough or that I am weak or that I'm wrong. But wrong, not in a way, like, especially as a healthy eight now, like, if I'm wrong, I can admit that I'm wrong. But I think it's like, a deeper sense of I'm wrong as a human being like something's wrong about me deep inside because eights are passionate and they charge the hill and if they're wrong about what they're really passionate about and driving about it's really scary for an eight it's like we go all out
0: yeah for sure an eight A seven and a three are the top three most aggressive stances on the Enneagram. And so that's really well said. I know in our marriage, there's been a development. I've watched you even be able to apologize. You guys, I've had so many times where I'm like, I'm upset with Sarah and I'm coming to her because she hurt me or said something or did something or didn't say something. And as a result, I'm coming to her trying to get her to recognize what she did and for her to apologize. By the end of it, she lawyers up and I'm the one apologizing. And I'm like, how in the world did we get here?
1: <laughs> yeah, eights are really good negotiators, right? And persuaders. It's funny because. Even when I was a little kid and a teenager, I would go up in my room and I would strategize how I was going to convince my parents to let me go to my friend's sleepover or some event because they kind of said no a lot to things. So I was like, all right, I've got to have a really good case because I'm going to trial in a few minutes downstairs. And I'd walk down the stairs and like present to my parents all these reasons, you know, why they should let me do something. And my dad would look at me and he's like, man, you're going to make a great attorney someday. Matt knows this story. So in our marriage, it's been funny because when I do this and it's self-preservation, it's me protecting myself and it's my weakness coming out. He'll look at me and he's like, you're lawyering up on me. And I'm like, shoot, I am. And it's been a really interesting thing because the hardest thing for me to do in my closest relationships is to say, I'm sorry without a butt afterwards, because Again, that's me defending myself of like, well, I'm sorry, but it's because, you know, and so you've done a good job of helping me <laughs> become more healthy in that aspect.
0: You know, it's interesting too. remember your personality comes from the Greek word persona, which means mask. And all of these types are really the mask we wear. And so, you know, I think that this is important that we realize like, You're not just an eight, you're beyond an eight. Your identity goes beyond, you know, the persona or mask that you wear, and you can have the beauty in all of them. But at the same time, like, There's gold in your persona and there's some elements of wounds in your persona. And I've watched you personally, you know, over 13 years now or really 16 years of getting to know each other, seeing you be able to say, I'm sorry without a but. And I think if you're married to an eight, if you're friends with an eight, if you're a coworker with an eight, and this is true of any number, but especially with an eight is to make sure that you can separate the person from the issue. And so I'll say, Sarah, I love you. But I want to talk about something you did that bothered me. And that, I think, might help a person or an eight be able to say, okay, I'm not wrong. I'm not bad. And so therefore, they're maybe be able to be a little bit more vulnerable. Would you say that's true?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, the shadow side of that eight is we will defend ourselves at any cost you know so to be able to enter a conversation with an eight and this is tough right if you know the person you're trying to talk to is an unhealthy eight because they probably have a lot of wounds but to disarm them with entering with some encouragement and affirmations of who they are as a person like hey you're amazing but I want to talk to you about this one incident that happened or thing that you know I'm seeing and yeah I do think it helps an eight separate that
0: yeah So within the eight, there's something called wings and each number has a wing and that wing is the number to the left or to the right of you within the Enneagram. And so if you're an eight, that means your wing, meaning a different behavior that sometimes it can manifest in certain situations, is either a nine or a seven. And for you, you tested out as a seven, which being married to you is a total true of seven. Sevens are the enthusiasts, and we'll learn more about them. They're the life of the party. They're super fun. They love to laugh. What aspect of a seven is true of you, and how do you see your seven play out in work and in relationships?
1: You know, it's really interesting because I think my seven came out when I became a healthier eight, just as a really interesting observation because I was more secure So I could let more of that fun side out because the aid is like really intense and not intense only to the world externally, but intense to themselves internally. And a lot of times I think that internal intensity just manifests in external intensity that people observe. So once I was able to like be confident in who I was, like really understand my identity, my value, like really deal with my pain. Like I went through a really intense journey of walking through, you know, healing from physical, mental, emotional, spiritual stuff that I went through. And I'm happy to share that if you want. But It was such a journey of freedom for me. And that's when my seven really started to come out. So I love to be goofy. And the funny thing is in our marriage, like it's always been, you know, for you when you kind of go into your unhealthy side, you're more serious. And I'm like, oh, there he goes. (laughs) You know, like I'm the one when it's just us that I make Matt laugh. Like I bring the humor. And with our daughter now, Madison, like I do goofy things with her. Like we get in our onesie pajamas is that yes I have like a few pair <laughs> and dance to Christmas music and yes sometimes we do it in July like it's not <laughs> it's not just around Christmas. She's like mommy do you want to get in her onesies and go dance? And I'm like heck yeah I do. So you know it's things like that. I love comedy. I love animals and like funny things that animals do. That's super fun for me. I think I bring a lot of passion and enthusiasm to life and the things that I'm working on. And I think that's a lot of my seven. I also am really curious and I love to learn. And as I learn, like also try to connect the dots with creativity, which I think is a lot of a seven. Also, like, I don't remember where my keys are. <laughs> you're you know late all the time. I, yeah, That's I'm a late. total seven part, yeah. right? Yeah, because I'm so driven with, like, the big important tasks. But the little things, like, my brain's like, whatever. And so I'll, like, put things places and I'm like, it's not important where I remember. And then you're like, come on, we have to go. And, you know, I, yeah, I'm kind of late, so...
0: Well, it's kind of interesting when people meet you for the first time as an eight, and you're brilliant, you're an owner and CEO of four different companies, you are going after things, you just got a patent issued yesterday that you've been waiting for two years on, some pretty cool stuff that you're doing. But when people meet you, they say that they're kind of intimidated by you at first, like you have this presence about you as the the eightness comes out. But then when they get to know you, that seven comes out and there's a disarming. And actually, you were just getting headshots done by one of your photographers not too long ago and talk to the audience about what she said
1: yeah so she actually said this to matt because matt went in after and did headshots too and and she said you know your wife is really intimidating but surprisingly friendly
0: Yeah, and even when we hang out with our neighbors at the pool or whatever, there's this kind of like, oh, wow, there's a high-powered woman. Like, you know, whatever overshadows you gets released in your shadow, I always say. Like, whatever's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. And what's in you is that eightness. You're strong. You're powerful. But that seven really makes you playful and beautiful and connection. And then there's also something else from a behavior. So there's four numbers that every single type is connected to. Number one is your main type of your number. Number two is your wing response. And then number three is where you go in stress. And number four is where you go in security. And so for every eight, an eight, when they're secure and they feel stable in life, they go to the two, which is the helper. And we'll talk more about this in other podcasts. And then in stress, they go to a five, which is the investigator, analytical, more introverted. So talk to us a little bit about where you go to as a two. Like when you're doing well, how does your two come out? Explain to the audience what a two is a little bit and how that resonates with you.
1: Yeah, so if the two's the helper, you know, they're the people who are like very caring, they're perceptive of needs. So for me, when I'm a healthy eight, I think as a CEO, like managing my teams, interacting with people in my companies, I think I can kind of perceive what they need and even how they're doing and care for them really well. But in a way that, again, that I'm not gonna like, oh, you know, we're going to skirt around it. But it's like, hey, how are you doing? And what's really cool is I think I establish a trust with people where they can actually really tell me how they're doing because they know I can handle it as an eight. Like I can kind of handle the truth, not like, well, I don't want to burden her. So that's really cool. And yeah, even like being an eight with the two that gets expressed as a mother, like I love caring for my daughter and thinking about her and helping her develop and be powerful in the world in the way that she's been created and, you know, friends and family, like really going after what they need and caring for them like helping them but in a way that is really strong right it's like the eight comes out with my helper Where it's like really powerful, assertive ways that I can Mm -hmm. care for people.
0: And again, if you're interested in the Enneagram, you're going through this, it's really good to be able to pull up a Google document of the image of what the Enneagram looks like with arrows pointing to each number so that you can wrap your brain around what we're talking about. But for an eight, the other number, the fourth thing that you go to in behaviors when you're in stress is a five, which is the investigator. How does your five come out in stress?
1: Yeah, so I think I was a lot of a five growing up and even in my like teenage and young adult years when I was unhealthy as an eight cuz I really leaned that way. So I had a lot of boundaries. I was almost like reclusive and I would isolate myself and hide and just be super distrustful, like the investigation side of like I don't trust you. You know, I don't trust anything and You know, some of that I also think came from my dad is more of an unhealthy eight that is more of a five. So that was just kind of modeled to me throughout my life, almost like questioning negative side of things. And so for me, I guess part of my journey of becoming a healthy eight was... I had to realize like I had a lot of issues with fear and control growing up and you could say maybe that's the unhealthy eight or it's the wing five I don't really know but so much so that I you know developed an eating disorder in high school and college and I look at that now and it's like I had a lot of pain and I was trying to control again I don't know if it's so much of a five but it was like my way to almost deal with my wounds but it was really unhealthy right so I had to Go through a big self discovery process of how do I handle myself? I'm intense, even to myself. Like, I have very high expectations of who I am. And, you know, like, I guess the word is like healing. A lot of eights that go to a five and just they go to control and they go to fear. I think it's really good to dig into that because you can move past that in a way where then you become like a really powerful force in the world for good.
0: What are some of the numbers on the Enneagram that you find most drawn toward? If you're like, man, as I look at some of my best friends, as I look at people that I love to be around, are there any themes you see as an eight?
1: Yeah, so I really like threes and sevens. I like threes because they kind of charge forward to their achievers, you know. So people who are going after big things is really fun. Threes are fun for me, though, because as an eight, I see through their, like, performance. Or I want to, you know, make other people, like, seem like they like me and do this because of that. And I'm like, oh, that's so dumb. (laughs) You know, like, who cares about that? (laughs)
0: By the way, guys, if you don't know, I am a three.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I like threes a lot I do, I'm married to one sevens are really fun for me because they bring out more of my fun side. Like I enjoy being around them. I also really like ones, how they process, especially in Which is the perfectionist,
0: the people who do things right and wrong. And there's a strong proclivity to doing things excellently.
1: Yeah. And so my space with like health and wellness, the medical space, I appreciate that because they think through things well, they don't settle, you know, they want the best. And so some of my Like dear colleagues are ones and I always respect and value how they kind of think through things. So uh, let's see. I also really think I do well with other eights because I get them. You know, I really can like hang with them. And even an unhealthy eight, it's like I have no problem challenging an unhealthy eight, but in a loving way, like to kind of address more of those hidden things that maybe other people would be terrified to do with an unhealthy eight. I'm like, bring it on, you know, but I love you and I'm going (laughs) to give you a hug in the process. And I have good friends who are nines. I think nines.
0: Which is the peacemaker. Nine is the peacemaker who loves everybody to be okay, and they're like a comfy chair. You know, you just kind of get along with them. That's a nine.
1: Yeah, and I have people that work for me that are nines, and I think that works really well. You know, they like the direction I give them, and they're super excited to be part of what we're doing, and it's like they kind of keep the, like, peace with everybody in a way.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, I think there's a lot of people who, out of every single number on the Enneagram, this is the one that most every other number is afraid of. Mm -hmm. And they have probably negative experiences of around unhealthy AIDS. And I love that you're on the podcast because you're a healthy eight. And that doesn't mean you don't have unhealthy moments. We all do. In any given moment, we can swing on a pendulum from healthy to unhealthy, given the topic, right? But if you were to say, like, what do you want other numbers, other types to know about relating to you? Yeah. What would you say?
1: I would say eights are some of the most caring people in the world. They're just rough around the edges and you're not going to see that right away when you get to know an eight. They will fight for you like no one else in the world and they'll challenge you to be better. They'll raise the bar for you. Like no one in your life will. So when you see an eight that's harsh or, you know, like, oh gosh, they're terrifying. It's like, they're just unhealthy and deep inside they're insecure. Like if you get to know them and their story, they probably have a lot of pain and maybe they know it, maybe they don't know it and they've never addressed it, but they want to help change the world and they want to solve some of the biggest problems that exist and they really do
0: care. So imagine for a moment, let's say that somebody's listening right now and they would say, Gosh, my boss is an eight. And they're kind of grouchy sometimes. And they get mad at me and feel like I have to walk on eggshells. Like, what does an eight want? Like, what are the things that you could say like, hey, an eight really wants you to communicate to me this way? What would it be?
1: Yeah, eights want the truth. They just want you to communicate the truth. They want you to be honest in what you're saying. And again, like you said earlier, not beat around the bush. And an eight can take it, right? Like, even if being honest means you're saying something that maybe you think is going to disappoint an eight, they'd rather you tell the truth truth and be honest because they can handle whatever it is then you not tell them because that's yeah. going to bugginate
0: yeah for sure and as you go through this, that doesn't mean that you have to be mean as you tell the truth, right? Like it's still like give grace. If you're going to tell your boss something like, hey, you know, separate them from the issue, you know, hit the truth straight on because they will respect you more. And then end with grace too. Say, I'm not saying this. I don't want you to hear this. I call that the grace truth sandwich, which is really powerful because eights deep down have a soft gooey center.
1: <laughs> we really do. I mean, it's like a delicious chocolate that's kind of- hard, you got to bite into it. And then there's like amazing caramel (laughs) inside. But you know, it's interesting you say this, because I just want to tell a recent example of this. In one of my companies, we're working with a consulting firm to hire them to do some of our marketing and work. And they made some mistakes. And I was pretty upset about it. And I was verbal about it in a respectful way. But I was assertive. And I gave specific examples. And we got on a call with them. And what these guys did that I really appreciated is they said you know what we did this this and this wrong and we want to make it right me as an eight with the honesty and being truthful it wasn't about me right it was a different issue i said i really appreciate that and it helped me want to continue to work with them because they were honest about their mistake and it's like okay let's move on now right it's on the table we're addressing it we're creating a solution and we're going to go forward So that's another way that I think an eight just really appreciates when you can say that, but they have a hard time saying they're wrong. (laughs)
0: Yes. They want you to share what you did wrong, but they have a hard time sharing what they did wrong. (laughs) Yeah. All the growth areas we all have. Yes. The irony
1: in that. Exactly. We all have stuff we're working on and it's cool to be like, hey, we all have our stuff. Right. And to be able to know where your strengths and weaknesses are in that and just work through that throughout life. You get a lot of practice at it.
0: Mm Well, eights are amazing. And if you know an eight or are married to an eight or are friends with an eight, they are a powerful force in the world and they can be change agents and they will bust through what other people think are ceilings or walls that you can't go through. And eights will be the first one to prove everyone wrong. And so thank you so much for being on the podcast. Is there anything else you would want to share about an eight to the audience that you haven't yet?
1: You know, for eights, like the impossible is the realm we love to live in. Eights like to be challenged. So if you know an eight, it's almost like a way to love them if they're healthy, right? To challenge them. And there are healthy eights out there. I think the big thing... Even just talking to like our friends and people we know, they're like, oh, you know, Sarah's an eight, like, oh, they're like the dictators of the world and throughout history, you know, have done really bad things. But on the flip side of that, when an eight is healthy, just like you said, they have a lot of potential to do good. Mm
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And for those of you who want to go deeper into this, again, great starting point is the book Road Back to You. And there's other books as well. There's a lot of them. But keep coming back to the podcast. And I would encourage you not just to be able to lean into your own number, but to every number because you will see how you can gain awareness in relationship to everyone around you. So cheers for now. And we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the matt morgan coaching podcast subscribe below share it with your friends and if you want to take your life love or leadership to the next level check us out online at mattmorgan.com